Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Yes, the show is still Writer Than You, but your usual Writer Than You guy, that would be Big Bill Writer, uh, not in the house today. Jody Mack filling in for him. I've got you for the next two hours right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's always my pleasure to hop on here on CBS Sports Radio in general, but I like filling in for uh, Billy, too, because I get to work with Tommy Diesel, outstanding producer of this show, talk to a little bit of a different audience than I get on my weekend evenings and nights and or I've been doing a lot of Friday nights of well here on CBS Sports Radio and we'll do this Friday and next Friday as well Uh, but the uh, morning shift for you West Coasters and later morning shift for you East Coasters you got me for the next two hours and uh, we'll have some fun Um, certainly what I was going to start with today when I said I would be doing the show, I immediately, all right, well, NFL, we got two Monday night games. And if you're wondering why they're playing two games at the exact same time, I did see this. Somebody wrote it yesterday and and I'm sure they're working from, uh, information they were given, uh, that ESPN slash Disney had both games and that, Uh, Part of the massive, and when I say massive, I mean massive check that they write to the NFL for uh, their ability to broadcast games was that they just wanted more games and they could sell more games. And one of the ways to do that was to have multiple Monday night games. And ESPN has done this before, um, but this is the first time I believe they ever had both games on at the same exact time. At least in previous, they would usually do when ESPN first got the uh, Monday night package. They do an early game and a late game, an East Coast game and a West Coast game. So the overlap would just be the end of the first game into the beginning of the second game. Uh, No, they both kicked off basically the same exact time. Why do that? Oh, because you get the Sunday feel when all the games are going at the same exact time. Okay, that's one way to look at it. I would rather have the ability, since it's kind of a standalone game, that's one of the selling points, at least for me, is that uh, you don't have to worry about checking in with any other game. You can just stay zeroed in, narrow-focused on that game, and then you got two games, so you had to be back and forth with the remote control last night. So uh, I, I, they have their line of thinking. Here's my line. It's dumb. Uh, at least stagger them, have an East Coast, have a West Coast. That I could deal with uh, the whole, ooh, let's have, let's have Sunday again after Sunday. Didn't work for me. I thought that would be the main thing we'd talk about today. And then they played the two games, and they were both very interesting. Not the highest quality of football played. Turnovers everywhere in both of the two. Every time I went back and forth between the game, wait, how'd they get the ball? And I got to go to the internet to find out, oh, they fumbled. I'm going to have to rewind it and watch it again later. Uh, so it wasn't the, the the prettiest played games last night, but both of them right down the wire, hung in the balance. Uh, that, that, that outweighs 
everything else. I'm going to get to the Monday night football the entire weekend in the National Football League in, in just a second. But the other big story in the last 24 hours was that the details on Shohei Otani's contract came out. We know that uh, he signed a 10-year, $700 million contract, the largest contract ever in the history of uh, team sports in this country, and not by just a little, but by a lot. He he laps everyone else who's ever gotten uh, tens, hundreds of million-dollar contracts. His goes so far above and beyond. Uh, don't even know that we can comprehend it immediately. It's going to have to play itself out over time. And when it was first reported, shortly thereafter, uh, the good uh, information guys in Major League Baseball, Pass and Heyman and the like, started to report that a, a good portion of the contract was going to be deferred. Well, what's a good portion? Well, they didn't have the exact numbers. The exact numbers came out yesterday, as reported by, again, all the best baseball uh, insiders, that of the $700 million that Joey Otani is scheduled to, to make, $680 million of it is going to be deferred. 680 out of 700 he will not start collecting on until after his playing days are over, or at least his playing days with the L.A. Dodgers. I shouldn't make that determination for Shohei. I don't know, don't know the guy. Uh, he may play another 10 years afterwards if he's still up for it physically and capable and the like. So at some point... 11 years from now, Shohei Otani may be collecting $68 million from the Dodgers and then whatever, however many other millions of dollars he can get from another team. Or he might even uh, stay with the Dodgers and he gets two salaries. I wonder, do they make it just one check or do they send out two separate checks if that's the case? If he signs on to continue to be the Dodgers designated here in 2034, does he also get a second check? I'm not sure how the accounting goes on that. But uh, you know that I like talking to you guys, and I will surely do that today. Whenever I jump on and host the show here on CBS Sports Radio, I'm, I'm as good a bloviator as anybody else. But I also like to play off other people and see what their opinions are and see how I can either join in on what they're saying or tell them, yeah, I don't see it that way, or what the hell are you talking about? You're crazy. I, I think that makes for good radio. So as soon as I get on the air, I throw out the telephone number. I will open up our CBS toll-free lines, 855-212-4227. And I also uh, tell anyone, everyone, if they want to touch base via social media, call it Twitter, call it X, call it what you want. Uh, I, I'm sticking with Twitter just because the guy who bought it for zillions of dollars uh, decided to change the name on it. I still think of it as Twitter. I will still call it Twitter. If you want to tweet me, please do so, at Jody McMahon, J-O-D-Y-M-A-C-M-A-N. And I got a tweet hours ago. This wasn't something that I just got as soon as I jumped in here five minutes ago here on Twitter. I got this last night, as a matter of fact, late night. Um, and... <laughs> It's an interesting way of looking at the Otani situation that I think bears closer scrutiny. I got it from Mark at Colazzo 72 and he says, Jody, so in all actuality, Otani and his team simultaneously beat the system and cheated the USA 
out of having to pay taxes on the deferred $680 million. It goes on. But let me stop right there because the first first things first. Shohei Otani, and there is major speculation, and I think it's probably pretty well placed. Um, if Shohei Otani is not a Dodger, that's one of the reasons why I said if he resigns with the Dodgers, if he wants to continue to play, if I were a betting man, which you should know by now I am, my guess is that Shohei Otani will not continue to play after his contract is over and done with, I think he will probably uh, be done with his baseball career at that point. But I, I don't want to dictate that for him, so he's going to do whatever the heck he wants to do. And I'm just speculating on what I think he's going to do. But if he does not play, and he chooses to live somewhere else other than in the state of California, then yes, he won't have to pay California state taxes on the money that he's going to generate, which is $68 million per year to not play baseball for the Los Angeles Dodgers, which sounds weird and is weird. But he's not beating the USA out of anything. He's beating the state of California, which has the highest slash most outrageous taxes in the country for that particular state. So if he's living somewhere else, and that could be a different state in the Union here in the United States, or it could be back in his country in uh, uh, the Far East. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But there is the possibility that he will get around paying the state taxes on his $68 million a year to not play. So he's not screwing the U.S., He's screwing can he's screwing California. He's potentially screwing California. But don't make it sound like he's finding a loophole to keep from paying the taxes that he's obligated to pay. He's gonna have to pay the taxes. Federal taxes, but not necessarily state taxes, depending on where he's living. So the tweet goes on. Uh, so I ask, is the game still known as America's pastime? Throughout the league, or is it just not in Los Angeles? Well, he kind of uh, forms up his question thereafter. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still going to have to pay taxes. Even if he's not paying California state wage tax, he's still going to have to pay taxes. So call it a loophole. Call it what you want. Here's what I'm going to call it, because I truly do believe this. Any money that you don't have in your hand right now is worth less down the road when you actually do get that money in your hand. If you know that it's coming and it's guaranteed to you, but you can't get it for 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years, then it's not worth as much by the time as you get there. So the modern-day evaluation of what Otani's contract is actually worth has to be less because he's not getting it right away. And you go by the standard of which most contracts are run in this professional sport. In baseball, you sign a contract, you get paid what you're supposed to get paid within the year that you've agreed to, and then it's worth what it's worth. If you're putting off getting paid a massive percentage of what you're supposed to get paid, you're taking less money. Even though the gross sum, when all is said and done, may be what it is reported at, at they agreed to at the time, 
it's just not as worth as much if you're waiting for it. And what it does, it gives the Dodgers that much more flexibility payroll-wise because they're spreading out the luxury tax cost over 20 years rather than 10. So for the 10 years that he's playing, he's only going to cost the Dodgers in luxury tax $37 million per year. If he had signed a standard contract and it was $70 million, $700 million over 10 years, it would be a $70 million per year luxury tax hit. So he's doing this for a very specific reason. And Shohei hasn't said this, but I think it's rather obvious. Um, he's doing it so the Dodgers have flexibility to continue to add players. Above and beyond the massive amount of money, the very large amount of money, and the pretty damn large amount of money that they're paying uh, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Choi Otani. They're all making big bucks, and that's eating up a chunk of the luxury tax. And the Dodgers are not afraid to go over the luxury tax. To their credit, they kind of backed it up the last couple of years, and they let some guys like Seager, who went and won a championship with the Rangers this year, walk out the door. Trey Turner walk out the door. Uh, so they haven't been this massive spending Oh, my God, they put so much distance between them and everybody else in the major leagues uh, difference. They're going back into that neighborhood with the Shohei contract. But they're not going back even as big as they could have for what it took to get his name on a contract to be able to sign and play for the Dodgers. Now, can they afford $70 million? Well, the owners have to pay whatever they have to pay. And, yes, Shohei Otani, as an individual revenue producer, does pay for a big chunk of his own cost himself with television rights back to Japan and a lot of other things. Uh, so, yes, the Dodgers thought that was a justified $70 million per year spend for a designated hitter because that's what he's going to be his first year, right? He's not going to play the field. He's not going to pitch. We don't even know when he will or if he will pitch come 2025, but we know he's not pitching in 2024. So his first year he's going to be making, or at least counting against the luxury tax, $37 million to DH. That does seem outrageous, but again, you do defer some of the costs because Shohei brings some rain to the table himself. But I think you have to, have to. Uh, Mark is, is pointing out that Shohei Otani is somehow screwing America by taking all this deferred money and not uh, willing to pay the taxes on it. That's not the case at all. I think he's doing this for a very specific reason. He wants the Dodgers to be able to stay competitive. He looks at the roster that the Dodgers now have. We know what the Dodgers did. They had a 100-win season, but then got bounced from the playoffs again. And they did so, at least my opinion, because they didn't have enough pitching. And Shohei Otani at some point is going to be a major addition to the Los Angeles Dodgers pitching staff. But it's not going to be in 2025, so the Dodgers still have work to do to upgrade their pitching if they want to try and get back and win another World Series. He's given them at least the possibility to be able to do so by taking all this deferred money and pushing it off down the road for 20 years. If you're a Dodger fan, now if you're a fan of any other team and you think this is, you can see as I lay it out how advantageous it is for the Dodgers in the short term, uh, yeah, you, you, you're, not, you're not a big Otani fan. But if you're a Dodger fan, then you got to love the fact that he's doing this for your team. He is really giving you a shot 
if your front office, your general manager, your player evaluators can pick the right guys and make the right moves, he's giving you a shot to do that by structuring the contract the way he's structuring your contract. Now, I don't know about you, but those are the kind of guys that I root for. Those who will leave money on the table. And, yes, he's – this is going to sound so weird. He's going to make $700 million. $700 million. And he's leaving money on the table. Because, as I explained earlier, if you don't have the money today when you could get it today and you're willing to just wait, 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 and wait for it, well, then it devalues, and you're actually getting less money when all is said and done. So I can use the phrase, leaving money on the table. Shohei Otani is actually doing that for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So Dodger fans, I'd love to hear from you on the details of the Shohei Otani contract. We will talk about last night, two, last night's two NFL games. That's why, and some people do like this, some people don't like it. I personally do. There are no givens in the NFL. Last night, the Packers were playing better. The Giants were struggling. Tommy DeVito. Who's this Tommy DeVito kid? Who does he have from Tony's, uh, Tony's mob to come in here? If this guy wasn't from central casting of the Sopranos, I don't know who was, who they got, how many pictures of him on the sidelines. Apparently, the quarterback's agent looks like he should be hanging out with Paulie Walnuts. But that's just me. And sure enough, the Giants jump up and beat the Green Bay Packers when certain segments of the Giant fan base is going, please lose, please lose, please lose. We've got to draft a quarterback. We've got to get the highest possible draft pick we can. You don't want to win this game. Oh, the Giants still do. They're mathematically still involved in the play. Shoot, right now, a 6-7 and seven team, the Green Bay Packers, the team they beat is still clinging to the seventh and final playoff spot in the NFC. And they're only one game better than the Giants. So the Giants are not out of it yet. I think it's a 2% chance that they make the playoffs. But they kept that 2% in play by winning last night in an upset. And at least they won at home. And then you have the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins. Where did that Dolphin offense go? This was supposed to be the best offense in the National Football League since the greatest show on turf when Kurt Warner was running it for the Rams. A 70-burger that they hung on the Denver Broncos earlier this year. They scored three touchdowns last night, one of which was a six by a defensive lineman, a four-yard pick six, and he ran over or fell over Will Levis to get into the end zone. And the other two were set up by Tennessee turnovers Forget about the red zone. Inside the 10, first and goal turnovers. And that's the only three touchdowns that the Dolphins got all night? What the heck happened to the Dolphin offense? So, yeah, last night's football action, the entire past weekend of the NFL, uh, I'm going to be here to talk about it with you. We will specifically go uh, deep diving on the Dolphins and the offense already already struggling. I don't know if their head coach is going to go from the boy genius of the National Football League to the questionable fool running the Dolphins offense. Uh, We will do a Dolphin spot at the top of hour number two. But hour number one, at least when I'm on the air, I like to give you guys the chance to be heard. Open up my telephone lines right away. Hit me up, 855-212-4227, on the Otani contract on the two games in the NFL last night. You can use Twitter if you so desire. Shoot your tweets directly to me at Jody McMahon, J-O-D-Y-M-A-C-M-A-N. It's Jody Mackin for Bill Ryder. Billy R's got the day off. 
Oh, yeah, and there is an NBA pointer, too. I do want to get in. Uh, I know my way around the NBA. Not like Ryder. He's an insider. He's got sources. He's tied in. Uh, I'm not as tied in as Bill is, but a couple of things about the NBA since the in-season tournament ended and where we go from here. And Oh, by the way, they got that big day that they used to own. It was only. Oh, the only thing you talk about on December 25th other than Santa is NBA basketball. Is it the same this year? Because they've already had their December buildup. And, oh, by the way, the NFL for the second year in a row is going to do a little biting on the NBA on December 25th. So there is some NBA stuff I'll, I'll get into. Lots to do and now less than two hours to do it. I get the phones open, 855-212-4227. Jody Mack on a Tuesday in for Bill Ryder on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. That is the show, but Billy are out today. So, Jody Mack, jumping into the lurch. Uh, Appreciate your being here. If you're a writer regular... Uh, you can talk to me. Bill, Bill's not going to get upset. He's he's cool. I'll say this about Bill Ryder. He's cool. And he won't get ticked off. Oh, how dare they call when Jody Mack is in. They, they're fine with it. Billy doesn't take all that many calls. I'm the call guy because I do it on the weekends. And I've got a good group of regular callers who don't know that I was on the air. I didn't even put out a preview tweet until just now because uh, kind of a late fill-in ask. So if you're a Mac Daddy caller... Feel free to take advantage of a different time, different place, different time slot at 855-212-4227. Um, but uh, if you're a Bill guy, you're a writer guy, you talk to Dom- Tommy Diesel on the phone when you do check in to joust with Bill, you and I can do it. It's just as easy. It's perfectly fine. He won't, won't think you're betraying him or anything like that. So for the writer regulars, you also can get in at 855-212-4227. All right, last night's NFL action, I already kind of spewed about the playing them both at the same time. Yeah, I it's it's a pain in the rear end for me. If you don't know, I do Sunday night, Sunday evenings, 
Zach Gelb, Mr. Marathon, does Ion Football for eight hours here on Sundays on CBS Sports Radio. Hour before any of the games kick off, all the way till all of the afternoon games are over and done with. And I kind of just mosey in and do two hours with him on the back end, the final two hours when the uh, late afternoon window games are winding down. And then I do my own little shorty show thereafter for two hours. But uh, up until I join Zach, what do I do? Oh, I sit here and watch football. And I go back and forth between all the games because you're doing a national show. You don't know what you're going to get calls on. Don't know what you're going to need an opinion on. So I got to try and watch them all. So between... Uh, the Sunday ticket and the uh, and I still even though I can watch any game that I want, they do so good a job on the red zone that they kind of make your job easier by going to the games. You see the touchdown play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while you miss a play in the middle of the field that you don't see because they're not going to get to it. And uh, they're also very good on the red zone at going back and and telling you how you got to the red zone by showing you some highlights. So. I probably spend an inordinate amount of time on the Red Zone channel on Sundays before I jump on the air with Zach. Give me a break on Monday. I only want to watch one game. That's all I want to watch. I need one game. One game and one game only, narrow focus. Let me pay strict attention to this. That's what makes it, I think, a little extra exciting because it's the only game. So last night they got two games going at the exact same time. And the magnitude of the game was close going in. Miami certainly on paper the best team, but the Packers were in as a playoff team, even though they had a uh, 500 record. Um, And even after losing the game, they still sit, believe it or not, in the seventh spot as the wild card. And, oh, my God, is wild card stuff going to be close this year? Now, It can all drastically change in the next three weeks before we get to the final week of the season. So I'm going to say this today, and then I could be proven blatantly wrong over the next three weeks. But the standings as of right now, so many teams are so close playing for wild card spots. The number in the AFC is 7-6. and It seems like half of the conference is 7-6 and right now. So if you are 7-6... and In the AFC, oh, you're in the mix. You're not a lock. You need to continue to win. You got a shot. Take advantage. But you're far from guaranteed anything at 7-6. and There is a team right now that would be in at 7-6. and But there's a whole bunch of teams that would be out via tiebreakers at 7-6. and And over in the NFC, the number right now is 6-7. and Let me quickly go through the AFC teams. Seven and six AFC teams right here, right now. Buffalo Bills, one. Pittsburgh Steelers, two. Cincinnati Bengals, three. Indianapolis Colts, four. Houston Texans, five. Denver Broncos, six. Six teams in the AFC that have exactly the same record of seven and six. Some are in the playoffs. Some are out of the playoffs. Over in the NFC, slightly lower bar as of right now. The number is... Six and seven. Rather than seven and six, six and seven is the number you need to be at, but you better be good in your tiebreakers if you want to get in. Packers are in at six and seven, and as of out right now, the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, 
Well, by the way, are also tied for first place in their division. They trailed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are in first place via tiebreakers. But you've got three teams in that division, all at six and seven right now. And then out west, you've got the Rams and the Seahawks. So, again, six teams with the same exact record of six and seven, one of which is in the playoffs. Well, actually, two, because the Bucs are in at six and seven as a divisional leader, which is... Kind of weak and lame, if you ask me, but that's that's what we're looking at right now. So these last couple of weeks should be on paper. Sometimes they work out that way. Last night it worked out as sloppy as it was. Both games were great in that they were decided very late. We should have great action the last four weeks of the season because there's a whole bunch of teams that are sitting on that precipice of either making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. So NFL, after a overly busy, don't need two games, Monday night, and the Shohei Otani deal, which is going to have, and we haven't even begun to talk about yet, the ramifications of everybody else. I ran down the ramifications for the Dodgers and for Shohei himself, who's making a sacrifice by taking all this money that much further down the line. We'll see if uh, other teams try and buy into, bite off what Shohei Otani and the Dodgers have done, and how is that going to play with all the other players in Major League Baseball. So there's a lot to be discussed on both of those topics. I could use your helping hand. Right now, phone's wide open. As I said, we will do a bit of a deep dive on the team that I think came up the smallest last night in the four teams playing on Monday Night Football. That'd be the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we will do a deep dive with the Dolphin guest at the top of next hour. But phone calls the rest of this hour. Get aboard, 855-212-4227. I'll hit the lines if you get on after my first CBS Sports Update. And here's, oh, I wrote, Andrew Bogus. How could I forget Andrew Bogus? Here's Andrew. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Jody Mack in for Billy R. on this Tuesday morning on CBS Sports Radio. After a major, major league baseball announcement, after not one, but two Monday night games, which were both entertaining as best as I could tell, jumping back and forth from game to game to game to game to game, which was unnecessary. Sorry, ESPN. Uh, I get it that you have a line of thinking. It stinks uh, as far as I'm concerned. It just... Not necessary. You need more games, then wait till do a Saturday game, which, by the way, that starts this week. I've always liked this, and yours truly has been doing sports talk radio for 32 years. The NFL has been doing this for a long time. 
they don't play games on Saturday in the NFL. They shouldn't play games on Saturday because you got college football. And college football does an, a tremendous service to pro football by prepping their players for them. Doesn't cost the NFL a dime for the college football players to play. They're doing okay for themselves now with NIL. So there's money to be had. It's just not coming out of the NFL pro, uh, pockets to prep these guys, unlike a sport like baseball where you draft a player, he can come in out of college, out of high school, and then you need to not only draft them but then develop them as well, and there's a cost to, uh, attached to that. Not the case in football. You come right from college football into the NFL, but I'm off on a tangent. Um, yeah, the NFL needs college football. So they don't step on college football's toes, even though it's an ever-expanding week in the National Football League that they broadcast games. They stay away from Saturday until college football is over and done with. And they could have started last week, but they don't want to step on the Army-Navy game either, which is smart and would, I think, play very bad PR-wise if they scheduled a game against the Army-Navy game. I guess they could go to a... Uh, Saturday night game, but that's not a great time for television ratings. But uh, this week is the beginning of Saturday games in the NFL for the last couple weeks of the season, which I do like. I just that I don't mind. Thursday night a little bit much. Sunday night on Monday night on top of Sunday night expanding the the time of day that the NFL broadcasts. Yeah, they're 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 getting a little bit greedy. But I do like the Saturday games during the end, and I've loved them for decades now that they've been doing it. So we do get that back this week. Uh, but last night I did need two games, and the Miami Dolphins didn't need the inability to move the ball offensively last night. Major surprise. I thought the Dolphins, uh, good thing I didn't get involved on either of the two games last night because I would have taken an 0 for 2. I might have taken the Giants plus the points. But I thought the Packers were going to win the game wrong. I thought the Dolphins were going to win the, the game. Again, maybe with the point you think about Tennessee, but if you're just picking winners, I would have lost, would have taken an 0 for 2 last night because I thought the two favorites would have won the Packers and the Dolphins, neither of which did, which sets up a, a fun last four weeks of the season if you believe that, hey, on any given Sunday, Saturday, Thursday, Monday, Anybody can beat anybody. Well, we got a, a pretty good view of that last night. So the Dolphins were the biggest disappointer last night. And uh, when I found out I was hosting today, last night, I reached out to Tommy D. said, let's do a Dolphin spot. I thought it would be a positive Dolphin spot. I thought it would be Dolphin-Ravens to the wire. They face each other down the stretch. Who's going to have the best record since Kansas City seems to be stumbling Oh, I haven't even gotten to Patrick Mahomes and his whining about uh, the call in their game. But we'll get to that at some point. Uh, but I'd say, get me a Dolphin guy. And sure enough, he did. It's Zach Krantz, who I've had on several times over the years. Uh, Miami guy covers the Dolphins, worked for WQAM, the Dolphins radio outlet down there in Miami. He's doing the digital things these days. He's a digital host and content producer for WQAM. And his show is called Krantz's Corner. Now, I've had Zach on, and I've exchanged texts with him over the years. I think he's got New York ties, and I will ask him about if Krantz's Corner is kind of a takeoff on Kiner's Corner, which some people will recognize. Oh, they'll go, what the hell is Jody talking about? Ralph Kiner, longtime Mets broadcaster, used to do post-game show, which was called Kiner's Corner, which was became kind of famous industry-wide because Ralph had a certain style 
mispronunciations and like he was great. If you were a Met fan growing up like I was, you loved Kiner's Corner, even if you knew that it wasn't the ultimate in broadcast top quality. It was great because Ralph did it. Uh, but I will ask uh, Mr. Krantz about Krantz's corner and about what the hell happened to the Dolphin a- offense, which just blatantly disappeared last night. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on it on my telephone lines. Got wide open lines. I know Bill doesn't take a lot of calls, but when I jump in, I like to. So if you want to take advantage, get on CBS Sports Radio at a time. Maybe you don't usually get on. You can do it right here, right now. 855-212-4227. And Tommy DeVito did a nice job in winning that game for the Giants last night. A unique individual. He's a story that's grabbed a lot of attention because he's an undrafted free agent. He's a New Jersey kid. He played his high school ball there. He still lives at home, lives with his parents. His mom still makes him his dinner and makes his bed and takes care of him on a night-in, night-out basis. So there are a whole bunch of stories floating during the broadcast itself about uh, chicken cutlets. Apparently his mom makes a great chicken cutlet. And we saw a lot of his mom last night at the game. His mom, his dad, and his former Sopranos uh, uh, fill-in agent who, yeah, looked like he was right out of uh, the bada-bing standing on the field with his client last night. It was made for a fun broadcast. But Tommy DeVito's a fun story. And, oh, by the way, he won the game. And he made a couple of big plays, more so with his legs than with his arm. But he also made some nice throws when the Giants need to rally to win that game, and they did. Uh, So I did want to talk about quarterbacks in the NFL because it's going to get hot and heavy. When the season ends, then everybody, uh, more than half of the teams will be eliminated. All right, where do we go from here? Everybody turns the page. We've had all of two, count them, two teams that have officially been eliminated. That would be the Carolina Panthers, who, oh, by the way, will not have a high draft pick because they've already traded it to the Chicago Bears, but they will. Uh, they're sticking with their quarterback either way, uh, even though Bryce Young has struggled here mightily in his first year. Uh, they don't have much around him right now, and uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to grade him on a curve of, yeah, but could any of the take Mahomes, uh, Allen, Hurts, uh, Purdy, Dak, take whatever very good quarterback you want to uh, take and put them on the Carolina Panthers. Would they be lifting them up to playoff contention? I don't think so. They're that bad a roster. So I'm cutting Bryce Young a whole bunch of slack. Uh, so Carolina is in the, in the conversation for where do we go from here at the quarterback position. The Patriots right now would be sitting with the second pick in the draft. So if they want to take a quarterback in the draft, they're certainly going to have a shot at one. Um, pick or choose, whichever one isn't taken number one. If you think Drake May and uh, Caleb Williams are going to be the first two picks in the draft, uh, you may, if you desperately want one, you may have to trade up with the Chicago Bears who have that number one pick from Carolina coming Or you can just say if it's close between the two, all right, whichever one you leave me, we're good with it. We'll take the number two. That's perfectly fine. Thank you very much. Chances are New England's going down that route. But there are a couple other teams in the NFL that are in a kind of unique position. Right now, they're good enough standings-wise, shoot, one of which is basically tied for first place, might be slightly behind in uh, uh, the tiebreakers, but uh, they're at least in the mix 
and I'm referring to the Atlanta Falcons. What are they going to do? Are they going to continue to go with the quarterbacks they have? Uh, Desmond Ritter, is he really the franchise guy? Uh-uh. I think he's an okay quarterback, but he's not a franchise quarterback. So if you're Atlanta, do you at the end of the season say, and Taylor Heineke's not going to be the guy. They they went to Taylor Heineke. He didn't improve their offense enough, so they said we'll go back to the young guy and continue to evaluate and see if he can click in and become our franchise quarterback. I think that Atlanta's going to be looking for a new QB. Now, do you overpay to get up in the draft to get one of the top two or three guys? Or do you go another route? And that's the question I have today. I really want to get uh, some people's opinions on this, so I'm going to throw it out. But first things first, I'm going to take it to my guy, Tommy D., my producer, who uh, uh, Bill, Bill bounces stuff off all the time. I'm going to do the same here. Tommy D., if you are the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons and you check into trading up for the second or third pick in the draft and the cost is just too much and you can't justify it, you don't think that Ritter is your franchise quarterback. You surely don't think Taylor Heineke is your franchise quarterback. These two quarterbacks are available during the offseason. Which one would you trade for and say, all right, you're our guy. You're our franchise quarterback. You tell me which one you'd rather have if you're the Atlanta Falcons. The Jets' current starting quarterback or the Chicago Bears' starting quarterback? Zach Wilson and uh, Justin Fields were both taken in the same draft several years back. You're acquiring the same contract, end of the rookie deal. You know eventually you're going to have to pay him, but still on a a relatively inexpensive contract for that first year, you get to look at them and evaluate them and say, yay or nay, they are my franchise quarterback. If you're the Falcons and the cost would be the same for both, which one would you pick up and say, yeah, here's the football, you're our guy going forward? Oh, Jody, it's no contest for me right now. I don't even think it's close. I've taken Justin Fields in a heartbeat, and it's more so because I think Zach Wilson is messed up mentally more so than physically. I think Zach Wilson has some talent. I think he can play. Do I ever think he's going to be a franchise guy? No, I don't. I think that's long gone. I'm not done with Justin Fields, and Jody, I'm not convinced the Bears are done with Justin Fields. I absolutely would take Justin Fields in that situation every single time. Uh, I think you should know. I hope the people listen to me on the weekend know I am 100% in agreement with you. Going back to the draft itself, I thought Fields should have been the Jets pick at number two. I thought that Trevor Lawrence was the first pick in the draft and Justin Fields should have been the second pick in the draft. Uh, not only did uh, Wilson get taken ahead of Justin Fields, but Trey Lance, how's that working out, uh, was also picked before Justin Fields. Has Justin Fields lived up to the high expectations I had on him coming into the draft? He has not. He has been a little disappointing for me. I can look much like at the uh, Bryce Young situation and go, can you give the guy a little bit of help uh, and say the the weapons haven't been enough, the offensive line hasn't been enough. Um, I'm not sure that they're – uh, offensive coordinator Luke Getze is great. I don't think he's a stiff. I don't think he's terrible, but he hasn't done anything to wow me either. So there, there are reasons to think that uh, Justin Fields is underperforming uh, tied to something else other than him. Now, a buddy of both yours and mine, former host here on CBS Sports Radio, is now on the air as we speak on WFAN in New York, Brandon Tierney, is still defending 
uh, Zach Wilson. He likes Zach Wilson when the Eagles when the Jets took him, and he did have a really good week. He played easily the best game he's ever had in the National Football League this past week in a Jet win. So if you're going to make the case, you make it after he's just looked good. He's putting every Zach Wilson shortcoming on what's around him. The, the coaching staff is terrible. The head coach is terrible. The two different offensive coordinators he's had have been terrible. That This side of Garrett Wilson, the Jets haven't had any other offensive weapons. Brees Hall's had a nice year, but not an off-the-charts great year. And he's saying a lot of the same things I'm saying about Fields, about Zach Wilson. I'm just not buying. I... I think Zach Wilson is not mentally tough enough to play in the National Football League. I think his very good arm talent at times gets him in trouble, that he thinks he can do things that are ill-advised and ends up making bad plays, if not foolish plays, if not stupid plays, because he has too much confidence in his own limited uh, but high-end abilities I'm with you. If if the Jets can get a, a comp, uh, pretty good compensatory draft pick for him, I would move him in a second. And there's going to be a tough a couple teams, not only the Falcons that fall into that category, that can't get their hands on a draftable quarterback that may be in the market. And we'll see if – because, see, the, uh, both of those two teams are probably going to be willing to move on. Jets have Rodgers. Bears have the first pick. I think both of those two te- two players could be on the market this offseason. All right, Miami Dolphin, deep dive, coming up next here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.